big enough. Can you tell that person next to you, God is big enough. Those of you who are watching by the World Wide Web, we want to remind you today, God is bigger than your problem. Hallelujah. Now why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes as we look to this great God. The God who is bigger than any mountain. Hallelujah. The one who is great and mighty. The one who is sovereign. The one who says, is there anything too hard for me to do? So our Heavenly Father, we come before you today glorifying your name, magnifying your name. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He is worthy of all praise, of all honor and glory. We have come into this house gathered in your name to worship you. There is none like unto you, O Lord. Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders to perform. So we ask, O oh Lord, that you have your way in this service. We are prayer, God, for the anointing. It's the anointing that would break every yoke and set the captive free. We can't do nothing without the presence of the Holy Spirit with us today. So Holy Spirit, we give you the green light. Lead, you direct, have your way. Use the worship team, the musicians, everyone who serves today, everyone who ministers, the man of God. Have your way. We pray, our Lord, that in this house, there'll be healing. There'll be deliverance. There will be hope. There will be restoration and revival in the name of Jesus. So we commit this entire time to thee. Those who are watching by the World Wide Web, oh Lord, even that, that person or these, those who are watching will, be, will receive a fresh touch, a fresh anointing, will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we give you honor, glory, and praise. And let God's people say, Amen. Amen. Let's welcome the worship team. Praise the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath. Can I just get a wave offering in the house this morning? Hallelujah. I know it's first service. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. But we're going to give God the glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The song says, let the glory of the Lord rise. And we need him to rise this morning. We need him to be magnified. We need him to be lifted up. We need him to be exalted. That's the reason why we came this morning, is to give him glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises of our King rise among us. Let it rise. Oh, yes. Let the glory, let the glory of the Lord rise among 
for your name is great and greatly to be praised. There is none like you in all the earth. We acknowledge your presence this morning. Hallelujah. We make your name great this morning. Hallelujah. We lift up our hands. We lift up our hands. We lift up our voices. Hallelujah. On one accord. And we bless you this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Thank you, God. We stand and lift up our hands. For the child is our strength. We bow down. We bow down. Yes, how great, how awesome. See, we stand and lift up our hands, yeah. We stand and lift up our hands. For the joy, for the joy. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down. We bow down and worship Him, yes.
Place. Amen. 
serve an awesome God this morning. Isn't he good to us? We are here and alive. This song says, I surrender. So surrender all to him. Amen.
tears flow this morning we give you everything we know that we can find it in you this morning everything God at your altar God at your feet we can find peace we can find joy this morning because it's available because of your presence God ha! we can find healing this morning Healing in our hearts, God. Healing in our physical bodies, God. You can fix it, God, at the altar. At the altar, at the altar, at the altar. Today there's no reason. 
Jesus is calling. Oh, bring your sorrow. Bring your sorrows and trade them from the ashes. From the ashes a new life. to this song, I sense deep in my spirit that someone is overwhelmed. Someone has come to the end of self. Someone is saying, oh, Lord, you take it over. Lord, you intervene. If you can't help, then there is no help. But there is help that comes from the Lord. I want you to come down. Normally we'll just pray right where you are, but I sense somebody needs to come and pour your heart to the Lord. There is forgiveness. Come and repent. This is where revival starts. 
Is there a hunger and a thirst? Is there a deep expectation in your heart? Hallelujah. You do not want to leave here as you walked in. There was a deep longing in your soul. Come to the altar. As we sing softly that song. Come and let's talk and cry out to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Don't matter how big, how gloomy the future looks, there is hope. There is help. There is healing. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us, he who covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whoever confesses and turns away, the Lord will have mercy. I want to invite you, if you are feeling that tough, hallelujah, you want to come to the altar whilst the Father's arms are open. There was healing in the house. There is help in this house. Somebody needs help. Somebody needs an intervention. You have come to the end of self. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, what a privilege we have today to call you Father. Oh, it's a wonderful privilege we have. By the blood of Jesus Christ, you have not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have given us the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Lord, you not only hear, you not only are able, Lord, hallelujah, you not only care, but you are able, and you are able to do more than we could ever ask or think according to your power that worketh in us. Lord, we, we, we realize that there is healing in this house today. Hallelujah. Lord, we are not going to cherish the past, but we want, we have a great expectation even today and tomorrow that you are still a great healer. Healing is a children's bread. So those who are in need of a healing touch, would you reach forth your hands and touch him? Be healed. Receive the healing in Jesus' name. Lord, those who are overwhelmed, they have tried everything and come to the end of self. 
As the psalmist said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Lord, intervene. Be their helper. Be their friend. Be their strength. Be the water for them, those that thirst. Be the bread for those that are hungry. Hallelujah. Be the peace for those who are experiencing turmoil. Hallelujah. Those who are sick, be the great physician. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we declare that we have the victory. We declare that victory is mine. Victory is ours. Father, we pray for everyone who, within the song of my voice, those in the congregation, those who are watching by the World Wide Web. I pray, oh God, that there will be an appetite for spiritual things. That we will set our affections on, not on things above. Not on things on earth, but rather on things above. Lord, that will be the Matthew 6.33 people seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness that all others things shall be added will be what Psalm 37 4 said that will delight ourselves in the Lord and he'll direct us in all our paths. Lord, we pray today for healing. We pray for comfort for those who need comfort. Even those who are watching by the world wide web. There is no distance in prayer. You are a friend that stick it closer than a brother. We pray for revival, O oh Lord. Revive us. Lord, so that we'll rejoice once more. Lord, revive us so that we'll have. Lord, Lord, we will we'll pray. Lord, that we'll evangelize. Oh, God, we'll love, we'll forgive. We'll demonstrate Christ-likeness in our every day of our lives. There'll be healings and deliverances in your house. Revive us, oh, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Have your way, Lord. Use your manservant who would bring forth your word. I pray, oh God, for a special touch, a special anointing, fresh anointing, fresh fire. As your go, word goes forth, Lord, it would cause men and women, boys and girls, to repent, to turn from the wicked ways, to seek healing and restoration. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Could somebody give the Lord some praise in the house today? Give the Lord some praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell somebody next to you it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Glory to God. Well, would you put your hands together and join me as we show our hands of appreciation for the worship team and the musicians. Thanks, God, for using them in such a tremendous way to bring glory and honor and praise to Him. Well, we want to take this time and the service to welcome each one of you and in especially our first-time visitors if you are visiting for the very first time, 
would like to acknowledge you. We do not want to ask you to speak or solicit anything from you. All we want to do is acknowledge you, give you a warm, living word, open Bible welcome. Is there anyone visiting for the very first time? Please stand. Okay. So far, none. Well, let's uh, encourage each other as I encourage you to invite someone to be in the house of the Lord next time we come together. Anyone visiting for the second or third time? Please wave your hand. Okay, very good. Wave your hand. Very good. We have our sister. Put our hands together for a sister who came before and is back again. Uh, we thank God. You, uh, you'll receive a special connection card. Please take a moment and fill it out uh, completely. Check the appropriate box. If you need to get more information, you need uh, the church office, the pastor to call or any help, any Request whatsoever, please feel free to contact us, fill the appropriate uh, box and place it in the offering bucket as it passes by later on in the service. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I can't help but to give the Lord praise today. I don't know for you, but he has brought me for a very mighty long way. Hallelujah. He brought me out from the miry clay and he placed my feet on the rock to stay. Hallelujah. He has touched my body. When I was broke, he made a way for me. Any, did he make a way for you in the house here today? Hallelujah. He is not only the God of yesterday, but he's the God of today. He's not only the God of today, but he's the God of also tomorrow. So we don't need to fret and regret and doubt all we need to do is have faith in God. Amen. That's now, now you can give a great wide smile. <laughs> well, bless the Lord. Well, we want to, there are a couple of announcements which we want you to, uh, which I like to highlight at this time. Uh, they are in your bulletin. But please be reminded that we continue over 40 days of prayer for revival. We all are in agreement we need revival. Amen. It started on the September the 1st and continues to October the 10th. You have received your uh, handout with the bullets and the fingers to help you, the hands to help you pray. And this is the week two. I trust you have received it in your uh, bulletin this morning. So please remember to pray uh, for, uh, for each other and pray for, uh, as indicates, indicated on this, uh, on this uh, sheet. Uh, revival fasting every Tuesday. Uh, every Tuesday, uh, we invite you and encourage you to be a part. If you can't make it, you are not at home for the Tuesday morning prayer. Uh, come out for the Bible study, the prayer prior to Bible study from 7 p.m. and join for this corporate time of prayer as we fast also on Tuesdays. Fellowship Sunday is coming on next Sunday. Next Sunday, it's September the 16th, and there is 
one service. You know, for weeks we have been saying when we have these uh, special one-day services, yet we have people turn up for 8 o'clock and 11 o'clock service. The thing about those who come for the 8 o'clock service, well, of course, and reach the, they actually get there one hour early if it's a 9 o'clock service. So, uh, but if one comes for the 11 o'clock service for, and um, reaches there at 9, of course, you are early. But we want you to, those look around, see if there's anyone missing. Remind them that there's only one service next Sunday. It's our fellowship Sunday as you come and meet those from the 11 o'clock service and some whom you have not met before. There's a special leadership meeting on Sunday the 30th. That's the last Sunday of the month. And it's at 6 p.m. And all of us leaders are expected to be um, in attendance. Of course, we have a special service coming up on October the 20th at 9 a.m. It's one special service. And at this time, I'll call uh, Dr. Daniel to come and he'll tell us more about this special service and what we are planning coming up in the month of October. Let's welcome him. Thank you very much. Reverend Rampersad, good morning, church. All right, it's October, and uh, whenever I come up here in the month of October, or in the month of September, it's that time again when we appreciate our pastors, and uh, we say thank you to them for what they have done for us. Amen? Come on, make, look excited. All right? All right, I want you to look excited because it's a great time. This year, our pastors have been in ministry for more than 25 years. But this year is 25 years at this location. When I say at this location, in this church. All right? I mean South Florida. Okay? I don't mean on this spot. So 25 years we are celebrating this year. So we want you to think big. You know what it is to think big, right? All right. We want you to think big as we do our best to make them feel appreciated. All right? When you came in this morning, you were given, on last Sunday also, you were given an envelope, uh, a pastor appreciation envelope. Uh, we want you to pray and ask God to touch your heart, whatever you want to give, to give something to those envelopes as to say, in your small way, thank you to our pastors for touching our lives. Amen. And I know many lives have been touched by them. All right? And so I want you to, to, um, to just... Pray about it before you do anything else and, uh, and give. Um, our theme for this year is you faithfully answered God's call by becoming a servant to all. I want you to just pause a while and think. Uh, you can write it down if you so desire. You faithfully answered God's call by becoming a servant to all. I think it's in Matthew 25, 21. Why don't you open your Bibles to Matthew 25, 21? And let's just look at that, um, that verse of Scripture for a moment. Matthew 25, 21. When you got it, say yes. Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said to him, Well done. Good and faithful servant. Are you with me? Since you have been faithful over a few things, I will appoint you over many things. 
enter into the gladness of the Lord. Isn't that what we all want to hear for all of us? Enter into the gladness of the Lord. And we want to say that they have been faithful and we want to thank them. So that is our theme for this, um, this pastor appreciation. Now our colors are, of course, the silver is the 25th for the 25th anniversary. And the royal blue is there. And then there is fuchsia. So you have three colors, ladies. All right. And uh, I believe that most of those colors are somewhere in your closet. You don't need to go spend any money. Right? When we do these things, we do it with the intention of making sure that you don't have to go crazy and spend a lot of money. So we use colors that we have used, at least one color from previous year. But this time we have about three colors. All of them are in your closet. No need to spend any money. Okay? So gentlemen, you all could feel good. All right? No budget busting. All right? So those are the colors. Now, on the Brother Rampersad said the, the last Sunday in the month is when we will have that one service with the, with the dinner and everything. But the Friday, the 27th, I think that there is the Friday, the 26th of October, we will have a, a big social, a pastor appreciation social. We, you just come and uh, we bring you games. We will have games, get to know each other. Just come out on that Friday at 7.30. We are just going to come. And of course, you're going to eat. Okay? But you just come. You don't need to do anything else. Just show up. Bring your games. We play games. You get to meet your pastors. You get to ask them questions. You get to, you know, just socialize with people. Um, even people you haven't spoken to for a while and because they come different services. That's just one big Friday afternoon when everybody could just come and have a great time. Amen? And so that's Friday the 26th. Put that in your calendar. Those of you who have to schedule your time off, you may do so with that, with that particular time. And, that, and then the Sunday, the 28th, that's the celebration that we will have the one service and all the different departments uh, should have been apprised of what you'll have to do during that time. Uh, our choir and, uh, and the likes, okay? Our senior citizens also, I don't know if I reach you yet, but um, I will be talking with you a little bit as to what you can do for your pastors because I know you, are, you will never be left out. Okay, seniors? All right, I think that's all I have for today, Brother Rampasad. And um, if you have any questions, uh, you, may, you may contact me or any member of the committee. All right? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Okay, we, uh, well, we haven't heard these voices for a little while. And probably we were, we were wondering if they were on a world tour. But they were right here resting the voices enjoying the summer. But they have all been energized, re-energized and uh, um, revived and seeking more revival. They are here to come and bless our hearts. The Living Word Open Bible Choir. Put your hands together as we welcome our own Living Word Open Bible Choir. Good morning, Living Word. Good morning. Oh, man, I'm not TC. <laughs> I'm 
but she's my dear, dear, dear friend, and she sends her regards, and we're just here to bless the name of the Lord, amen? Listen, we serve an awesome God. We serve a God that sent his son to die for us and shed his blood, and his blood is sufficient for all your needs. Do you believe that? We praise you today. We praise you, oh God, because your blood can wash away each stain. So we just want to glorify the name of the Lord. Is that all right? Are you awake this morning? Are you awake this morning? Is he in the room this morning? His blood can wash away each stain.
reminder that his blood washes away our sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Put your hands together again for the living word, open Bible, choir, and we want to thank our sister for leading this morning. God richly bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. We want to continue in worship. And the Lord has been good to us. Uh, we want to worship Him in giving of a portion of what He has blessed us with. Uh, we want to invite our ushers to come at this time as we prepare to give uh, out of the abundance of our hearts. Our tithes and offerings belongs to the Lord. As we uh, ushers come together, as we not give stingily, grudgingly, but cheerfully, for God loves a cheerful giver. Hallelujah. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your manifold blessings. You have blessed us over and over again. You have been faithful to us. We thank you, O oh Lord. You have given us the the power to gain wealth. And out of what you have blessed us with, we want to give back a portion. Lord, we want to be in obedience to you to pay our tithes and give our offerings. Lord, we give so cheerfully and willingly. We pray, O Lord, that you'll bless the giver and the gifts now. In Jesus' name, we thanksgiving. Amen. Let us give to the Lord. While the offering is uh, being received, we'll have a short skit right after. So I trust those who are involved, the skit are getting ready.
Okay, would you put your hands together for the musicians this morning? What a wonderful rendition. Well, stay tuned for the skit another time. Well, we want to put our hands together as we welcome the man of God, our senior pastor, Reverend Carl Francis. Let's welcome Pastor. God is good. And all the time, hallelujah. Turn to person right and left. You tell them you're in the right place at the right time. You are indeed in the right place. Praise God. We serve an awesome God. He's worthy of praises. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. There is none like him, none to be compared to him, none to be likened unto him. Hallelujah. We've been in a time of revival. We're seeking God for revival in our midst. And, uh, you know, revival is not, is a, we have to understand what it is. And so today we're going to take a little more time about that. Isaiah says to us, For thus said the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of contrite ones. The psalmist David says in Psalm 85, he asks God an interesting question. Wilt thou not receive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I want to just bow our heads and just quiet our hearts for a few moments as we get our hearts right and ready before him in a way that we can hear him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We give you praise. We worship you, Jesus. We adore you, O God. We exalt you, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Breathe afresh upon us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us today. We need your fresh touch. We need to experience you, Lord, like never before. Oh, Spirit of God, come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come in thy strength and in thy power. Come and saturate us. Permeate us. Work in each of us. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, your presence is what we need more than anything else. May your presence come. Fill this place. And touch us again. Breathe afresh. 
Breathe afresh, Spirit of God. Revive us again, God. Renew what needs to be renewed. Restore what needs to be restored. Rekindle what needs to be rekindled. May you do that today, we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you full and complete control. We ask that you'd have your way in this place. It's all about you, God. It's all about you that your name will be lifted high. You will be glorified. Hallelujah. Holy. have your way this morning. We thank you. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. his name. So let's ask ourselves the question, what is revival? The word revival comes from the Hebrew word chaya, and it means to bring back to life, to restore to consciousness, to restore to a previous condition. You know, we may say the drowning victim was miraculously revived. It means that a restoration, a rejuvenation, a renewal of interest after spiritual neglect, oblivion, and obscurity. Something took place. Revival as used in the Bible is not evangelism. Not as many would use it. It is not emotionalism. Although there may be emotions or manifestations connected to it. What? Is it then? It is the personal renewal to spiritual life in an individual or among a group of people. It is a heartfelt return to God and his commandments. Now the question we may ask is, when is revival needed? We want to look at several this morning as to when is it that we need a revival? Well, first of all, revival is needed whenever the love of God's people has gotten cold. And sometimes we're going to see, and we're going to see that from the scripture, that we don't even realize that we've gone cold. We read in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 17, it says, I know thy works, and that thou art neither hot nor cold. I would that thou were cold or hot, God said. So because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest, listen to what the Bible says, they say, I am rich. That's what the people were saying in that church. 
and increase with goods and have need of nothing. And God says, but thou knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Not an amazing thing. We are saying that we are rich. We don't need anything. We are fine. We're okay. But that's from our perspective. But from God's perspective, he says, you're bankrupt. You don't have anything. That's a sad situation to be in, isn't it? We don't want to be in a situation where we think we are all fine and everything is okay. But from God's standpoint, that's not where we are. We want the way we, how God sees us is also the way we are beginning to see ourselves. So let me talk about just like how there are some physical symptoms that doesn't uh, manifest itself. They manifest itself because of what you're going through in your body. I mean, in fact, I just, you know, just heard of a brother that had a real bad situation. Uh, he had diabetes. And uh, he was just driving and fell into a diabetic coma and crashed. And now he's in a wheelchair and not sure he'll really walk again. I mean, you know, the, the physical symptom manifested in a way, unfortunately, at a, such a bad time while he was driving and look at what has happened. But we also have spiritual symptoms that indicate to us where we are spiritually. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of those symptoms this morning. And I, I think that we, as we look at them, we want to be able to ask ourselves the question, is that one of mine? Is that a symptom that I'm experiencing? Because if it is, then it's saying that I need revival. Now, one of the first one is complacency. Complacency. Satisfaction with the status quo. We don't want to change everything. Don't rock the boat. Everything is fine. Leave it the way it is. You know, just leave it. Make things go on as they are. Don't change anything. And we become complacent. And I can't help but thinking of the frog. And the experiment with the frog, who is in the water, and the water is room temperature, and they heat the water up a little bit, and the frog adjusts to the temperature, and they heat the water up some more, and the frog adjusts to that temperature, and they heat the water up some more, and the frog still adjusts to that temperature, and they make the water hot, and the frog is still there. They take the same frog out of that water. Now they have a pot of boiling water, the same temperature as the other water, and they drop the frog in and immediately jump right out. You see, you can get comfortable in a rut. And you don't even recognize it because it's gradual. It's not an overnight thing. So we begin to adjust and we begin to, to, to get comfortable. We begin to get easy with where we are and we... We say, you know, we, we, we make comparisons. We look at somebody and we say, oh, I'm not like them. So, I, therefore, I'm okay. But we may be okay in our eyes, but are we okay with God? Because the real person that we need to be concerned about is not the next person or even myself. It's what, what God thinks. Amen? That's really what it is. It's about what God thinks. It's not about me. And so complacency is one of the problems. Another one is... The lack of concern for the loss and the suffering in the world. I have been trying to awaken us to an understanding about the condition of the world. 
that you and I here are richer than 75% of the population of the world. Any one of us. I don't care how much money you think you have. If you have 10 U.S. dollars, you are probably richer than most of them. I got to tell you, and you don't have $10. I know you have much more than that. Just look at the dress you're wearing and the shirt you're wearing and the clothes you're wearing. And I can tell that, you know, you know how much those things cost. So you are, you are wealthier than 75% of the world. And what we're trying to say is that we can't just sit here and do nothing. You know that today, 25,000 kids will die of hunger. Can you imagine just, just today? 25,000 kids will die from hunger. Can we do something? We can't save all of them, but we can do something to save one or two. Isn't that something? We can make a difference. But we can't make a difference if I don't even think about it. We can't make a difference if it doesn't matter to me. We can't make a difference if we don't think about it. It makes a difference when I, my heart starts thinking, what can I do? And how can we make a difference? And I want to concern about those. And so the same thing with the loss. We need to be concerned about 20, you know, it was 25,000 dying of hunger. They're telling me that 56,000 people will die today without Christ. 56,000 people will die today without Christ. That's a lot of people dying. And they don't know Christ. And every day you pass, another 56,000 die without knowing Christ. And just like that, it just keeps going like that. And so we need to understand that we need to be concerned. Because God created all of us to have a relationship with us. That was his purpose. And the next, the third thing we have is not only complacency and lack of concern as a symptom. But when we are hiding or covering our sin. If we're hiding and covering our sin, it's an indication that we need revival. The Bible says, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsake it shall have mercy. And so we have to really understand. I don't, you know, I, we need to be honest about it and, and, and recognize that I don't, I don't want to cover my sin. Because God has made a provision for us to be forgiven. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. And so there is, there is the opportunity. That's why if you know you do something wrong and the Holy Spirit convict you, you don't have to wait till you get home. You don't have to wait till you get to church. Isn't it wonderful that you can actually do it right then? You can ask God forgiveness right then and there. What a wonderful privilege that the Old Testament people never had. Praise God for that. I thank God I don't have to bring it. You don't see me bringing a lamp. Eh, 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 eh. Can you imagine you got to bring your lamb to the, to the priest and he's got a slate and every time you sing you got to bring something else and they said, wait a minute, how many you bring in? You're constantly bringing stuff. And everybody see you bringing stuff. Now you can, in the quietness of your heart, you can ask God forgiveness. Thank God for Jesus. Give Jesus a big hand. That's the Lord Jesus that did that for us. He made things better for us. That's why there's a better covenant. Because of what Jesus Christ did for us. He paid the price. He paid the price. That's why you can't take him for granted. That's why you can't take your salvation lightly. He paid dearly for it. And he gave us. And so we don't want to cover sin. We don't want to hide sin. We want to confess it and turn from it. 
And then there is the fourth thing is having an unforgiving spirit. You know, the Bible says very clearly in Matthew 6, it says to us, if we do not forgive others their sins, then the Father will not forgive us either. And so there's no point in me trying to, you know, spite somebody or says, I, I'll never forgive. And some people make that statement, I'll never forgive them. That's not a good thing to just say. Because your heart can become hardened and you, if you don't forgive them, then God cannot change his word. God has to stick with his word. And he says, if I don't forgive, he cannot forgive me. So if I don't forgive somebody, and I know, and I know that some people deep hurt deeply. They, you have been, you, 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 it's just a deep wound. And, and, and the pain that you suffer from, from, the, from the betrayal or, or whatever the situation was, you're thinking, how can I forgive him? Or how can I forgive this person? Well, can I, can I tell you, you can't forgive them in your own strength. But you can ask God, God, make me willing to, be, to forgive. You can ask him. Nothing is wrong with asking God, but I said, God, give me the strength. Give me the willingness to forgive. Give me the heart to forgive. Give me the spirit to forgive. And he will enable you so that you can release it and let it go. Because like they said, an unforgiving spirit is like bitterness to the soul. And an unforgiving spirit is like having, is like drinking poison and expecting the next person to die. There's no point. So we need, because you know, Sometimes a person that you're not forgiving, guess what they're doing? They're happy. And, and some of them even said, I'm so blessed. I'm too stressed, too blessed to be stressed. They're not stressed. They're blessed. And, they're going, and then you're having that unforgiving spirit. And guess what it does to you? It creates a lot of pressure on you. See, while you're sleeping psychologically, the things are happening because of what's on your mind. You think that unforgiving spirit just goes away. Oh, it's there. It's working on you. It's causing your heart to pump more, to put more pressure on you. You're pumping it. Your blood pressure starts rising, and you're wondering why you start having high blood pressure. And it's not because of it's in your family. Don't blame everything because my mother had it and my grandmother had it. It doesn't mean that you have to have it. Just because they have it doesn't mean you have to have it. Because if you keep a certain behavior and you keep a certain, you, you, have, you work a certain way, your blood pressure is going to increase. Because you're thinking, you don't realize the weight of unforgiveness. There's a weight on anybody with an unforgiving spirit. You're carrying a weight that you don't even realize how heavy it is. I didn't realize the weight of unforgiving sins until I, until I confessed my sins. The day that I came to Christ. I can tell you the very day that I came to Christ, the day when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that night I felt like a ton was lifted off to my head. Because all along I knew that if I died, I would have gone to hell. I knew the truth. But did I want, did I repent? No. I resisted. And I had no idea that I was carrying this weight. Until you give it up. It's when you begin to realize, wait a minute, there is freedom? There is liberty like this? You mean when I forgive the person? And forgive doesn't mean that you forget. We need to understand that. I know people say, well, if you, when you, when you, you know you forgive when you forget. You kidding me? I can't erase it from my brain. That's not how I know that I'm forgiven. I know that I have forgiven you when you bring it up and it does, I don't have the same feelings that I had before. That's how I know I'm forgiven. 
But it's not that I forget it. I can't forget it. It's in my brain. And everything you've ever heard or seen is here. Everything. The problem is trying to find it, which box it is in, you know, and pulling it out at different times. That's the problem we have. But it's there. You know, you forget the person's name, and you try to remember their name, and you're trying to remember their name, and the name is on the tip of your tongue, and you're trying to remember their name. You can't remember the name. And you, 20 minutes later, you're doing something, and bang, there goes it. You know what's been happening? The brain been searching the boxes. It's been searching the boxes because it knows it's there somewhere. Then finally the computer says, bang, Jonathan. And they say, wow, that's right. That's the name I was searching for. So, you know, the point is that we don't forgive by forgetting. We forgive by knowing that we, because we have forgiven, now the pain is no longer there as before. But here's the thing. Forgiveness is a choice. I make a decision. What happened to most people is they're waiting to forgive when the when their hurt has subsided. They're waiting for the feelings to disappear before they forgive. It says, "Well, I don't feel like forgiving." No, no, it's not a feeling thing. Forgiveness is a decision that I make, and even after I make the decision, the feeling may not go away. It may take a while for the hurt to heal. You got a wound that you clean up and you're taking care. It's on its way for healing, but it may take a while. And just because, and so over time, as I have, because I've released it, because I've made a decision to forgive, God is going to help me to let the wound heal. So I will feel something when I somebody deeply hurt and I decide and I choose, okay, I'm going to forgive them. I make that decision. It's a conscious decision. I have forgiven them. But the pain doesn't go away right away. And so a lot of people on that basis, uh, you know, sort of thinking, well, I haven't forgiven. But the point is that, no, that you, over time, that as you have you forgiven, you ask the Lord to help you with the healing process, and it will eventually get better over time. So, and then we find that we are sometimes filled with pride. You know, pride is an awful thing. Pride was what got the devil into trouble. You know, uh, you know, the Bible tells us very clearly, pride cometh before a fall and a heart of spirit before destruction. And so we need to understand that, you know, pride is a terrible thing. And, you know, we, 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 we have this ego and this, we like to be patted on the back. We like to take credit for things. You know, you remember the frog? Uh, one day the frog saw these two storks. And uh, the frog says to the storks, I always see you guys flying up there. And you always, uh, I always wonder what it looks like from the air. And the stork says, well, we can let you, we can let you see it. He said, yes, you can. Oh, he said, yes. He said, okay, the, I'm going to, each of us will hold one end of the stick and the other end of the stick. And you bite the stick in the middle and we'll fly up and fly over so you can see. So they, the storks did that, and, and the frog bit in the middle, and they took off, and, and they're going over, and the frog is seeing all this thing that he never saw before, and he's wonderful. And, and then he heard somebody from someone said, wow, I wonder whose idea. That was such a smart idea. And the frog opened the motor and said, my idea. <laughs> you know what happened. <laughs> Pride goes before a fall. We like to take credit. We love credit. We love to say, that's my idea. That's my, I did that. 
Well, you know, the devil, the same thing got into him. He said, you know, I want to be like God. I'm going to ascend and I will arise. And if you read it seven times, he used the word I, 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 I. That's why you have to be very careful about using the word I. One of the things that we teach you in, in resolving conflict and marriage is not to use I statements, not to use you statements in that situation, but in I statement because then you're condemning yourself. You see? And then you're dealing with, that's the reverse side of how the pride thing works. When I'm dealing with a problem. Well, talk about that in the couples class. But the point of the matter is that we can, we have these uh, pride situation. And then there is animosity with, uh, toward other Christians. You know, he said you can pick your friends. You can't pick your family. But you can pick your friends. And guess who is your family? Your brother and sister in Christ. Is a family member. And you can't pick them. You. <laughs> you've got to live with them. You know what they say? To dwell with saints above will be glory. To dwell with saints below is another story. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we, can't, we can pick our friends, but we can't pick our family. You are born in the family you were born in. And no matter what happens, whether good or bad, you belong to that family. That's your family. Some of you hide away from your family. Some of you don't want some people to know that that's your family. <laughs> and the same thing in the, in the church. As brothers and sisters in Christ, I can't pick who is my family. My family is whoever receives Christ. They are my family. And they may not behave well like some family members. You know, you have some blood family that uh, can be embarrassing. Hello? <laughs> they can do some embarrassing things. And you want to say, I don't know them. You're going out to them and here, so you said, oh, I'm going the other way. I don't know who they are. <laughs> well, you know, the point of the matter is that the same thing in the, in the church. We are family. And so we, can't, we have to learn to get along. We have to learn to love one another. We're called to love one another. We're called to be patient with one another. We're called to be forgiven with one another. We're called to be allow room, make room for faults. Because you know, as much as I want to think, can we want to think I'm perfect? We're not. We're just as faulty as the other person. But the problem is that their fault is not my fault. So when I look at their fault, I say, oh, well, you know, I don't have those problems. But I got some other problems. And so that's why we have to temper everything. The older you get, the more, you know, you know I was explaining this to the Insta class, so I think, um, those in Bible school explaining, you know, the more mature you get in a, as a Christian, the more gracious you become. Yeah, because you know what? You start, the more, the more mature you become, the more you understand how faulty you are. So you are more gracious with other people's faults. When you're a young whippersnapper and you just got saved, oh, those hypocrites. And you start, <laughs> and you're judgmental, you know. And you want to say, oh, no, 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 not a Christian. You know, you're judgmental enough. As you get older in Christ, you realize, you know what? Calm down, temper down. You got some problems too. <laughs> so be gracious. Be gracious. 
So the spiritual, now here's the problem with these symptoms. The spiritual deterioration occurs slowly. Without awareness. You know, like, you know, they tell us that uh, blood, high blood pressure and diabetes are two of those diseases that are silent killers. You don't even know that you have them unless you get tested. That's why some people drop dead because of that, because they're not aware. High blood pressure and diabetes. They don't even know they're diabetic. And, but they are. And so these things come slowly. And we, we don't, we are, we're unaware. Because there are sometimes not, we don't have spiritual symptoms as much as we have physical symptoms. You know, you may be uh, a, a diabetic uh, can eventually, eventually start feeling, realize that they don't feel certain things anymore. I mean, realize something's going on in my foot or my hands. But we grow weaker spiritually on the inside, day by day, when we are covering our sins, when we are following all of these different things. And, and so here's what happens. We think we are okay, and then suddenly a trial comes, and we are knocked down. Because we thought we were strong. And we found out that we're not. I want to take a look at that this morning in the Bible. So turn in your Bibles. I want us to go over to the book of Judges. We're going to take a look at this judge. Because this is very interesting to, uh, to track and to really see. In Judges chapter 14, we want to start there. Judges chapter 14. We're talking about Samson. Sometimes I found out that sometimes we think we know the story and we don't know all the details so well. I, especially our young people need to listen up because when we go to camp, I see the, the portrayal of the dramas and, the, and I wonder sometimes I'm trying to be gracious at camp by not saying anything, but I wonder... Why in the world didn't they read the scripture? Because the, the portrayal of the story has nothing, is not as close to what is happening in the Bible. And I don't understand it. And we go through those things in church. I said, I, we, we go through those stories in church. Why they don't know it? So I'm not taking for granted that anybody knows anything anymore. So, Judges chapter 14. Let me give you a little bit of story background to this. Here is God wanting to, to deliver the children of Israel. So he sends a baby. When God wants to do something, he looks for a person. You'll never find that God looks for a committee. God never establishes a committee to do anything. Only we establish committees. <laughs> But God looks for an individual. And in this particular case, God sends a baby to a family and tells them that this child, and give them the condition under which this child should be raised, that this child must not drink any wine. It must be a Nazarite for all his life. And they don't know why it's so. They just know that God has sent this child to them. And there, and, this, and they're giving it, an angel showed up to tell them, these are the conditions for this child as how this child will be raised. 
And so the child grows up. And because it's a Nazarite where the hair is not cut, the hair grows long and as it gets unwieldy, they form it into locks. They plait it because it's long. He can't drink wine. He can't drink anything from the grape family. He must not touch any of those things and he must not cut his hair. So he has to keep it and probably grows very long. But that's the requirement of God for this child. And so they're doing that. And then one day this child goes down and he, he sees, uh, uh, he runs into a situation and he, uh, he, a lion attacks him. And, and he, the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And he acts. And another time, you know, he's, he's, he, has to, he has to come up with a certain number of raiments because of a riddle that he set up. And he went down and killed 30 people just like that because the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And so what we find is, look with me, chapter 14, verse 6. Verse, let's start at verse 5. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyard of Timnah. And that moment, at that moment, at that moment, the Spirit of the Lord came powerful upon him and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. Wow. You must understand that he had no idea that he had this power. It was not until he gets into the trouble that he realized that he had this power. It's the same thing. You know, the Bible says, when the Bible talks about that, uh, his, his, his strength shall, in, you know, uh, my strength is perfect in your weakness. Or my grace is sufficient for that time. You ain't going to get grace for a level one problem. You're not going to get level five grace for a level one problem. You're going to get level five grace for a level five problem. You won't get the grace until you're in the problem. And so it's the same thing with this year. Samson didn't know that he had this power until the problem came. The lion attacked him. And immediately at that moment, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he ripped that lion apart. And that continued to happen that he began to manifest this power. To show that he had this power. But Samson had a problem. Isn't this interesting? Here is the guy. Here is a, 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 a baby that was sent to earth on a mission. God had a mission for Samson, but still, he is a human being, and he has physical issues, and he has problems, and he had a problem with women. Samson liked women. So Samson would go to this place. He saw this woman who was of a different tribe, of another nationality, and, and he says to his mother and father, I want her. Get her for me. And they're saying, can't you find one of your own people? Because God says we're not supposed to intermarry. He said, no, that's who I want. Well, you know, that didn't turn out very well. Of course, you know, when you're not going on the will of God, things are not going to go very well. They got the wife for him, and problems occurred during the wedding ceremony. And before you know it, the, the wife was given to somebody else. So he lost his wife. And then he went down another time and he saw this woman called Delilah. And he liked her. And uh, he allowed her to seduce him. 
So, but she has an ulterior motive because she, the Philistines' lords came to her and said, if you give us, if you give him into our hands, we're going to give you money. And we're going to give you all these different things. Find out where his strength lies because his strength is causing us problem. He's destroying our crops because one day Samson took 40 foxes, put their tails together, light, put a torch between them and set them in the Philistines, a harvest crop of their wheat crop and burned down the whole thing. And they are mad. But nobody was strong enough to contend with him. So we're going over to chapter 16. Let's go over to, Matthew, to, to Judges chapter 16. And let's look at what happened here when you play around with sin. I want to go start at verse 16, actually. This is with the situation with Delilah. Then Delilah pouted, how can you love me? How can you tell me I love you when you, can't, when you don't share your secrets with me? Isn't that, isn't that interesting? You've made fun of me three times now and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. So she's trying to find out because she's going to get money and pay it off. She tormented him. I'm using the NLT, so that's why you're, my words are different from you. She tormented him with her nagging. <laughs> oh, come my goodness. Let's not, get into a, let's not get into a marriage class right now. She tormented him with her nagging day after day. Until what? He was so sick to death of it. You know that's how the devil harassed you? The devil harassed you and harassed you and harassed you and harassed you. And that's why you have to have the strength to be able to say no. He's going to come at you. 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 And he's going to try to wear you down. And if you're not strong enough, you're going to succumb. So the Bible says, after all this constant nagging, finally Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed. For I was de dedicated to God. Listen, this man knows about this situation. I was dedicated to God as a Nazareth for my birth. If my head were ever shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Now, I want you to listen to that because I want you to see how foolish we are as people. That's why God calls us sheep. We think we are smart, but we don't have any sense. I want you to listen to what the guy just said. Let me read it again. Are you going to see what the next move is? He just said that. Listen to this. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazareth from my birth. Listen to this. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Was it clear that he knew that if his hair was cut, his strength would be gone? All right, so let's go on. So Delilah realized that he had finally told her the truth, so, he, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. Polisha's going to pay it off. Hmm. You got to watch for those Delilahs. <laughs> Delilah lulled Samson to sleep. Oh, come here, my little baby. Rolling her hand over his head. 
telling him how handsome he is and how strong you are. And she lulled him to sleep with his head in her lap. And I want to tell you, he's not married to her. Ain't nobody's lap you should, a man's lap should be, it should be in your lap that you're not married to her. Hello? If a man's head is in your lap and you're not married to him, trouble! All right. So Delilah, after she did that, uh, it hid in her lap, and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. And in this way, she began to bring him down. And his strength, what? Left him. So, I mean, he's really sleeping, isn't he? Somebody, she cut his hair and everything, and the guy don't wake up? What kind of sleep is that? You see how comfortable he gets into that lap? He gets so comfortable in the lap, he gets into a deep sleep. Watch it. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I, listen to this, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. That's the problem. That's what I'm to a lot of people. We think we can fight the battle where that comes, or the attack of the enemy that comes at this time. We think we can fight it as before. But we're not ready. We're not strong. We've been deteriorating in our spiritual strength. Slowly, gradually, and wearing away, and we had no idea that it was going. We didn't sense it. And it was going all the time. And then finally, attack of the enemy comes and we are blown over. And we're wondering, why in the world? How did, how did that happen? Because we weren't ready. You have to be careful. You know, I'll, I'll use one final one. Peter. Peter thought, Peter said to Jesus, I, I'm ready to die with you. I'm going with you, Jesus, and I'm ready to die. Wherever you go, I'll go and I'm ready to die with you. And Peter thought that he was strong. Peter was with Jesus. Spent time with Jesus. Prayed with Jesus. Watched the miracles. Experienced the miracles. Saw the power. And we think that because if we see miracles and signs, that's going to make us spiritually strong. No. You got to be personally with him. Develop a relationship. It's not the signs that I see that make me strong. It's not the wonders that I see that make me strong. It's my personal relationship with him when I meet with him day to day. And so this 40 days of prayer that we're talking about is a great opportunity for you and I to connect with God personally. And so when the time came that Peter who said, I will never leave you and I will die with you, he made that confession. And look at what happened. The guys came to capture Jesus, to take Jesus away. And the Bible says they all scattered, including Peter. And Peter came, he came, he started to come a little bit closer. He's watching the proceedings of what's happening to Jesus. And a young lady says, I thought I saw your face over there. Me? Oh, no, 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 I don't know the man. Can you imagine? And the Bible says when second person to him says, oh no, I don't know him. How can you say, I've never seen him before. 
And the third time when they were accused, the Bible says he cursed. The fisherman language came out. He cursed and he swore that he didn't know him. This is the same guy that not too long ago said, I will even die with you. You see how we can think we are so strong when we are so weak? You see, while we're sitting comfortably in church, we can, you know, everything looks good and everything sounds great. And, we, and we're wonderful and we, right now we're strong. But I'm telling you, the wind of adversity, when it starts coming, if you don't have the strength in the Lord, if you don't have a relationship with God when you're outside the church and when you're going through life and in circumstances, that's when you begin to understand whether you're really strong or not. That's why we need revival, my friend. What kind of revival is recommended for the seven churches in Asia? Quickly, won't have time to go through all of them, but the church at Ephesus, you know, I want to do, maybe do a couple of them. Turn to Revelation with me, Revelation chapter 2. Because a lot of times, this is what happened. Jesus uh, here the, is sending the angel to, uh, to each church. And uh, we want to go to the church in Sardis. So let's go to Revelation 3. And it says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is a message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God on the seven. I know all things you do. That you have a reputation of being alive. Listen to this. You have a reputation. People outside know. Think of that. What a wonderful church. What a great set of people. They have a reputation of being alive. But look at the next word. But you are dead. That's, that's his evaluation. People's evaluation of us. Oh, they're such a live group. And then he says, wake up, which is revival. Wake up, wake up. Strengthen what little remains. For even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. What he says in the word of how we are to live and how we are living is not the same. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. We talk about the need for us to return to a church where we are, had a reputation. We had a reputation of being known as a church of prayer. And maybe some still think we are that church. But we are dead where prayer is concerned. And so this time, 40 days of revival, 40 days of prayers to revive us and to try to get back to what it says. It says, and that which remains is shaky. Hold, that, hold on to it firmly. Strengthen what remains. And we are going to strengthen that prayer thing. 
We're going to strengthen the ministry. Because, you know, I was walking here praying the other day. And as I was walking down, I was right over there in that place, that, bent, that chair. And I remember as I touched the chair, the Spirit of God says, My house shall be called a house of prayer. And I stopped and I said, God, that's the least thing we do in your house. We do everything else more than pray. Have you noticed that? Yet my house shall be called, not a house of preaching, not a house of teaching, not a house of singing, not a house of anything else, but a house of prayer. Why did he pick that? That's what he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And I turned around and I looked and I said, those two signs will never come down. My house shall be called a house of prayer. So, we're going to take the next five minutes. Take out your prayer prompt, please. And we're, everybody's going to pray. It's a concert of prayer. We're going to pray the prayer prompt for the next five minutes. You got it in your bulletin, that yellow sheet of paper. We make it yellow so that every week it's going to be a yellow sheet of paper. You'll recognize it right away. That's your week two prayer prompt. You just take it out, and we're all going to be praying. We're all going to be praying for it. I have one up here. We're all going to be praying. Pray your prayer prompt. We're going to pray the prayer prompt. For the next couple of minutes, five minutes, we're going to take five minutes on the back of it, on the back of it, on the back of where the hands are. You'll turn over on the other side of where the hands are, on the other side. They tell you, pray for our visitors. Pray for those who may be driving by and struggling whether to stop. We've had people that passed by and they turned back and drove in. The Spirit of God wooed them. Pray for the ushers and greeters. Pray for those who may have been Christians for many years, but still a week. Pray for those who are in leadership to not experience burnout or exhaustion by having a carry the load that's often of our church. We're going to pray for these different things. So will you for the next five minutes, will you take time to pray for these? Just write in your seat. Just begin to pray. Just, let's just begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray for our visitors here. They may not be Christians. Lord God, we
Jesus. I want you to stand together and just hold your hands across the aisles. Grab somebody's hand. As we want to pray for each other. Pray that revival will come. Pray for that person. Find somebody to hand you hold and just pray for that person. That, and ask God for the person to the right and left of you. That revival will come in their lives. That you would send a mighty revival in our church. Just pray for them right now. Just as you hold your hands. Just pray for them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Holy God. Oh God. Send a revival among us, God. Send revival in our lives, God. Revive us, God. Revive us, God. Send a revival among us, God. Work in us like never before, God. Touch hearts, change lives. Bring transformation, God. Oh, Spirit of God, I bring this whole congregation before you, God. Send a mighty revival among us. Spirit of the living God, fall of prayer. Work in our hearts, God. We kindle a passion for you, that hunger for you. Cause us to return to our first love. To return to our first love. That fire we had when we first received you, God. That passion that once burned in us. Give us that hunger again for you. A thirst for the living God. Oh, Spirit of God. Brood over us, God. Tabernacle in this place, God. Oh, we call upon your name. We pray for each other, God. Strengthen. Strengthen that which remains, God. Strengthen that which remains, God. Strengthen that which remains, God. As we return to our first love, God. Strengthen that which remains in living word, God. We cry out to you. Oh, God. We don't want to have a reputation to be alive, but we are dead. We want to be alive in truth in your eyes, God. Make us alive in you, God. Make us alive in your eyes, God. Make us alive, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to sing that song. It's a new season. It's a new day. A fresh anointing is coming our way. New season in the name of Jesus. It's a new season. Yes, Lord. It's a new day. Yeah, we're praying, God. A fresh anointing. That's what we need, Lord. It's blowing my way. It's the season of power. Yes. And prosperity. It's a new season. Coming to me. It's a new season. It's a new
more time as a prayer. One more time as a prayer now. We're declaring in the name of Jesus. Yes, God, we're declaring it's a new day, God. Fresh anointing is coming over. Living word. Oh, yes. Yes, God. Hallelujah. It's a new season coming to me. Hallelujah. Lord, we're declaring a new season. A new season coming to living word. A new season, God. A new season, God. A new season, God. It's a season of power. A fresh anointing is coming our way. A fresh anointing, fresh anointing, fresh outpouring of your spirit, God. Touch us afresh, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Give us a hunger, we pray, a passion, we pray for you, a thirst for the living God. Oh, great and awesome God, move among us like never before. Great God, we cry out to you, God. We call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. New season, God. New season. New season. New season. New season. Come on with me. Say it, say it with me. It's a new season. Oh, hallelujah. For somebody, for somebody today, maybe, maybe you came today, you've been for a long time. You want to say it's a new season, God. I'm gonna be, I'm not gonna let this be a part-time thing, but it's a new season in my life. I'm gonna be committed to live for you. I'm gonna be committed to serving you. It's a new day. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Father, I declare over living word today that it's a new season. It's a new day. A new day, God, where we will see the manifest power. A season of fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh outpouring of your spirit. Oh, spirit of the living God. Thank you. Fresh anointing, God. Send a fresh wind, God. Send a fresh wind. Send a fresh fire of God. Send a fresh fire of God. Holy Ghost. How we need you to come in a mighty way. New season, God. We ask you to take control. Holy Spirit, we give you control. We want you to be ordering our steps and directing our path. We want you to guide us in what we say and what we do. We want everything to be under your direction. Spirit of God, have your way, we pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace as together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. We have our devotionals available at the bookstore. You can pick up your devotionals. Have a blessed day.